This, this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Welcome to the Impressions Exchange Podcast. On this episode, my colleague Dan Marks, Senior Content Editor at Printing United Alliance, takes some time to speak with Kristen DeToni, founder of DesignPool. They discuss the possibilities of digital for interior design applications, as well as the myriad opportunities that exist in the interior space. I'm speaking with Kristen DeToni, founder of DesignPool. Welcome, Kristen. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about DesignPool, what it is and what it does? Sure. So Design Pool, we are essentially an image library for commercial and residential interiors. So um, as print on demand grows within the interior design space, um, there will be a need for a library where interior designers can tap into that. That's not to say that there aren't some existing libraries, but this our library is specific to uh, interiors and everything is in seamless repeat and vector format. So it makes it very easy to customize your colors and your scale of the design. Okay. So as a designer, um, can you tell me how you became aware of the possibility of of digital printing for interior design applications? And was there a tipping point for you where you, you had that aha moment where you thought, oh my gosh, this, this could really work. It could be viable. Yeah. So um, I've worked in the industry, in the textile industry on the woven side for about 23 years um, and was I was working in uh, commercial interior spaces for all different markets. So healthcare, hospitality, residential, et cetera. And, um, but I'm also an, I'm a creative person. I'm a designer. I'm an avid DIYer. So anytime something like Shutterfly or Spoonflower, as those companies came to fruition, of course, my creative mind was like, you know, I don't want to print pictures of like, you know, my nephews or dogs or <laughs> my pets, like, I'm a designer. I want to print patterns and really create products. So um, as I sort of watched that whole market grow from, I would say, what the late 1990s on, um, being in the commercial space, I then thought, okay, eventually this is going to, this is going to happen. It's just, it's going to, it's a natural evolution that it's going to start working itself into commercial interiors. And the missing link there is really just the right substrates and then the right uh, test, making sure everything passes specifications for commercial spaces versus, you know, the, a DIY or a residential space. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the right substrates, what what is the stumbling block currently or what has it been? So I think, again, it has to do with the durability of the substrate. So typically when you're working with uh, more of like a residential, and it's not to say that residential doesn't have their own specifications, but they're a lot lighter than a commercial space. A commercial space, because you, it tends to be high traffic areas. When I say commercial space, I'm talking like hospitals, hotels, restaurants. So you can imagine the amount of people that that are in these spaces every single day. And so making sure those substrates pass that testing um, prior to their print application. So that to me was kind of the missing link, Um, but I knew it was going to get there. It was just a matter of time. And then again, hopefully once it got there that, you know, images would be needed. Okay. And then, uh, one of the things I'd like to do within this discussion is really help wide format graphics producers uh, better understand this opportunity for interior um, applications. And I think while many of them can sort of see the opportunity, kind of visualize it, um, they may not know how to reach that opportunity. So what are some key things that those producers can do to begin approaching this space? 
Yeah, so I think there's a lot of printing equipment that they're probably using for, I would say, maybe more like retail. Um, so whether it's like, you know, signage for walls or that type of thing, um, you know, they already have the equipment. So a lot of this equipment can print things like wall covering, which to me is a very easy transition because it's paper to paper. Um, but I think what's, I don't want to say what's lacking necessarily, but as far as understanding the market a little better, um, it's really understanding your audience. So, you know, knowing that, you know, when I traditional printers or when I see when they're printing retail type stuff, sort of their marketing packages, you know, maybe it's a woman and they're showing really bright colors or it's, you know, kind of crazy splashy designs. And that's perfect for that market because it's showing, you know, obviously that who you're marketing towards, because usually you're marketing towards a, another human. Um, and then also, you know, it's understanding showing the the print capabilities. So, you know, you can get really saturated colors. Um, and, and that's still good for the interior market. But I think, you know, putting a specific image, so whether that's a pattern, and again, if they're depending on the market, so if it's a healthcare that they're going after, making sure that what's on that, that marketing package that they're leaving is a healthcare design um, specific. And then also, again, it kind of goes back to the substrates of really understanding um, the substrates that they're looking for and just making sure that it's passing the testing because one of the things they're probably going to ask you after they are handed the materials packet is does this meet the testing so making sure that you have that that testing as well yeah let's expand on that a little bit more because I, I, it seems like any move into a new vertical market uh, it requires understanding the culture of that market on some <laughs> level um, do you see any cultural divides between wide format producers and those who are specifying print for interiors? Like, are they talking different languages and, and what can they do to make sure that they're, they're talking the same language? Yeah. So, you know, I would say probably they are talking a slightly different language. Um, I think again, you know, uh, understanding the design language. So, you know, um, there's probably going to be a little more uh, customer service. They're not just going to get an order handed to them. Like, here's our graphic, now print 20,000 of these. It's going to be more of, okay, what do you have? I'm looking for this type of aesthetic. Do you have something? Um, so it may be either having uh, a designer on staff or, you know, having someone, a designer that they can tap into that, you know, there's a lot of consultants out there they can work with as an unneeded uh, basis. So it's something like that. It's it's a little more, I don't want to use handholding because I don't I don't think that's, you know, maybe the right term, but it's more about uh, a little more customer service focused and, and helping them bring their creative vision to life. Um, because sometimes even though you are talking with designers, that doesn't mean they're necessarily visual designers. They, they're maybe more... Um, uh, designers that understand space and, you know, can pick the right furniture and that type of thing, but they may not uh, know fully also what the printer is capable of. Um, so it also kind of comes back to a little bit of education. So speaking their language from a design perspective, and then again, speaking their language from a, a material perspective, again, it's like understanding the testing. So they're probably going to um, ask, for example, if it's like a fabric, do you have like act standards or there's like ASTM uh, testing methods? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's um, sustainability is another factor. They're probably going to ask you, you know, what's sustainable about this product. So that's not to say that you have to have all the answers right there. Um, you know, I think this is a very uh, a very interesting group of people that you're dealing with. They love to be educated. They love knowledge, but they also love new things. So I think this is something that, 
you know, the, the printers um, have the capability of bringing them new product, um, especially the fact that it's customizable. I mean, mm -hmm. that anytime I work with an interior designer and they, I tell them, look, just tell me what you want. Like you can start from here and then I can, and they're like, what, really? What? So it's, it's completely eye opening to them. So, yeah, yeah it really is a different mindset. You're going from, um, um, to me, some interior design has felt like very educated shopping, right? Yes. You, you have the ability and the skills to take some of this, some of that, some of this furniture and create something that's aesthetically pleasing. Um, yes. That jump is to say, um, I'm not shopping. I'm actually specifying I can work with a, a designer. And I think one thing that, that came to mind just a minute ago for me was the idea that even your patterns that you're designing, they are not stuck as i understand to a scale right if, if you want to scale them up if you want to scale them down make the repeat closer tighter you can do that you can yeah. change the colorways you can um you can still be creative within that pre-designed pattern is that correct yes absolutely and that's where i think too in the past um, the word, and that's another thing I should say, the word customization is actually not a good word in the industry because it equates to long lead times, high upcharges. So, um, and unfortunately it's again, kind of talking the same language. It's just a word that scares them, but it's just, it's, it's an easy word to describe what, what's happening at the same time. So, um, yeah. So the fact that they can pretty much get what they want, they don't have to settle for an inventory based system, which is really kind of what has a foothold today. Um, and the other thing I think what's so great about on demand, and since we're working with a very sustainable culture, mm -hmm. um, an educated culture that, you know, an on-demand system is super sustainable. They're getting exactly what they want and nothing, no sample is going to end up in the landfill because it didn't get, you know, selected or there's no extra yarders that didn't get specified. Um, so again, I, I think it's the way things are going. It just, for me, never happens fast enough. <laughs> okay. And then, um, you know, going back to sort of the vert vertical market approach, um, how, how can a wide format producer who's, you know, kicking the tires of this opportunity, um, do some research on interior design, where can they get a baseline knowledge of, uh, what people are looking for, what their expectations are, um, industry events, training, what are the opportunities there? Yeah. So, uh, I usually tell people there's a great show called Neocon. It's in June every year in Chicago, every year it's free. Um, and it's huge. So every, OEM, uh, which is the original equipment manufacturer. So those are going to be your, like your steel case, your Herman Millers, your Hayworth, and then every jobber. Um, so those are going to be, and I'm going to probably talk a little more like textile and wall covering, mm -hmm. but you know, Mahara, Momentum, Design Techs, um, all those companies are there. Most of them have a permanent space. Um, and then on the seventh floor, there are, is more of like the, um, the booth spaces that, you know, people, it, it's a little bit of transitional every year. So that's a great show. Um, that specific, it was specific to office interiors, but office is a little tricky right now. And mm -hmm. most of those companies have morphed into healthcare because healthcare is huge. So you get a, a little bit of, uh, healthcare and office, um, and again, just go, what I suggest is I say, just go around and look at all the surfaces and everything that's printed because, or, or has the cap capability of being printed or digitally printed that maybe isn't digitally printed yet. Cause there's still a lot of products out there that I think are rotogravure that could be digitally printed. Mm -hmm. So, um, so there's a lot of possibilities there. And then if you want to get a little more specific into certain markets, 
Um, there's uh, for hospitality, there's BDNY, which is in New York, which happens in the fall every year. There is HD Expo, which is Hospitality Design Expo, which happens in Las Vegas every year. And I want to say it's like April, May. They've sort of shifted it a bit. Okay. And then there's two healthcare shows that move around. Um, and again, that's really specific to healthcare. And that is um, healthcare design, excuse me, um, HCD, which is healthcare Healthcare Design Expo, I think, and then uh, Environments for Aging. So I would say those are the five major uh, trade shows. Okay. And just because you you kind of called out some of these different things, you know, healthcare office settings, how do you think post-COVID um, uh, interior design has changed? And how do you think digitally printed um, applications help uh, foster that change or help make it re realize it? Yeah, so it's interesting. I mean, you know, the, the world of interiors, anytime there's any sort of economic downturn, it's like the first thing to go and the last thing to come back. And office is actually the worst. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, office has been sort of in decline for many years. And of course, even prior to COVID, you know, with the flexibility of like working from anywhere, that's sort of challenged the office environment and COVID's really, really thrown that out. Mm -hmm. I always joke that, you know, the and the trend too in interior designs has really been shifting to, you know, everybody wants to feel like they're home when they're away. Um, and so I think, you know, we were thinking that so much that COVID was sort of like, well, we'll make that happen for you. Like everyone's mm -hmm. going to stay home. <laughs> so, yeah. so anyways, um, but as far as the, the uh, opportunities for uh, printing, um, Again, I think, you know, for example, like hospitality hotels, they're really supposed to refresh their rooms. I think it's anywhere from like four to six years. Um, of course, economic, economic downturns can mess with that a little bit. But I think what digital printing provides is um, a great way to really, um, uh, I'm trying to think what's the first word, uh, you know, design the space where it's really unique to that brand. So sure. it's really offering some great brand recognition um, and something too that they can easily change out every year. So the substrate can stay the same, but they know that, again, if they don't have to like um, uh, certify a new substrate or certify necessarily a new supplier, it's more about like, okay, we know the substrates work. So every year we can change out the print. I mean, they could really change out the print every year if they wanted to or- sure. Um, one office company I'd heard, which I thought was really interesting, was that they actually, in order to get people to stay in their space and want to come to work, they have one area where they just use like a peel and stick wallpaper and they change that space out every month just mm -hmm. to give um, their employees something interesting to look at. So I think, uh, again, it's it's good news because it's a lot, a lot more product being made. Um, yes. but that's where I see a lot of opportunity too. Okay. And then... Um... How do you think, or how successful do you think you've been in getting interior designers and decorators to sort of think digitally? Um, you know, it's cool that we have all this great technology, but it seems like if the people doing design upstream don't understand that they can take advantage of the implications of digital printing, then it's not going to happen. So uh, when you have that talk with people, what, what do you say? Yeah, so I pretty much say it's education, 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 because I don't even think I would I would almost bet my life that they don't even know like digitally printing from our, like Rotogravure, et cetera. Like they just know printed. Yep. So um, so I think that and, and they don't necessarily need to know the 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 back end details, but they need to know the capabilities of they can get whatever they want. And like to your point earlier, any scale, any color. 
um, you know, change our, you know, if it was colorful, change it out of white, you know, drop the background off, put it on a window film. Like there's mm. so many different possibilities. And that's why I said too, it kind of comes back to the printers too, as far as, um, you know, educating them. And then also that customer service to help bring their, their vision to life. So I think once they're again, sort of again, once their eyes are open, then they're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, but as we all know, time is also very precious and it can be is trying to simplify the process as much as possible, I think is also going to be key. So education, simplification, um, to me are the two really big things. Okay. And I think one of the things that, that's interesting to understand, and I, I heard you do a presentation recently where you talked about the difference between interior designers and interior, interior decorators. And if you could elaborate on that a little bit and um, maybe extend that into like how you would approach these groups differently based on their knowledge base or their expertise. Yeah. So interior designers, um, they they go to school for four years, um, they are certified, and they have to stay certified. So they take what's called CEUs every year. And I can't remember the amount they have to take. But um, and that's another way to educate interior mm -hmm. designers, um, interior decorators, they most of them do, t you know, at least do courses or classes, um, they don't have to, they don't have to be certified. They tend to be more residential um, because of that. You know, it's, I want to say they're a little more aesthetic focused. So making sure, you know, they have the right color, color palettes and, and you know, um, prints and things of that nature. It's not so much about product specifications or, you know, understanding, uh, you know, that your work, for example, interior designers tend to work more in commercial spaces um, where they're having, again, to deal with you know, moving people around the space and making sure it meets all the testing for flammability and abrasion and all that fun stuff. So, mm. um, so those are really the two, and I don't want to oversimplify anyone's job, but those are kind of the two, you know, simple ways to, to identify them. Um, as far as reaching them, uh, again, commercial spaces, there's a lot more volume there. Um, as you can imagine when you have, you know, if you're doing an entire hotel chain or you're mm -hmm. doing a restaurant chain. Um, so they're got, it's going to probably be a little more work. Like I said, you're going to have testing specifications, sustainability. Um, but, but it's worth it. If it wasn't worth it, then a lot of these jobbers would not be existing today. Um, so again, I think it's, it's just a little more upfront, uh, reaching the residential group. Um, that could just be maybe a little more of like online marketing, social marketing. Um, you know, they, they're not big firms. Like they tend to be individuals that, you know, uh, have their own, their own business and maybe just have a couple of people that work for them. So, um, versus commercial interiors tend to have a lot of them have, they're very, very large firms and they're global firms as well. So, okay. Let's talk about design a little bit. And with you being a designer for interior elements, um, you know, if you go to a lot of the designers working in the wide format space, they're worse. They're used to designing and working with marketing pieces. Um, you know, uh, bananas, two ninety nine, yeah. um, or, uh, you know, uh, something that is, uh, uh, high quality, high resolution mural, let's say that goes into a retail space. Um, how is design different from, uh, for interior spaces and somebody who has worked in that, traditional wide format space, what skills do they need to be a good designer or service provider for somebody looking for interiors? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, to me, obviously, there's a lot of pattern in the spaces. So, you know, understanding how to design and repeat, I think is key. 
Um, there are some very simple repeats like half drops and things like that. Um, but it's more about when you have like a tossed image or if you're doing like a, a texture. Um, so maybe something that looks like a woven that isn't a woven. That's where um, you have to kind of understand like how to avoid what's called either repeat marker tracking where, you know, you can see it. And then also understanding, you know, is it going on a pillow, which maybe it's not that big of a deal. But if it's going as wallpaper, then it could be really obvious if there's like a, a, a tracking issue with it. Hmm. So, you know, um, and I do get calls sometimes to work out repeats. I mean, it's something that I've been doing for years and years. So um, it does take a little bit of time. And just, you know, for general knowledge, too, in some repeats, if they're textures, I mean, I can spend easily eight to 16 hours trying to get a repeat correct. Wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, so understanding that. And I think, again, too, it just kind of uh, comes back to really understanding your market and who you're kind of designing for, um, whether it's for healthcare, whether it's for hospitality. Um, you know, and then also this is really tricky too, is you're, you're trying to get into the interior designer's head. So yeah. again, these aren't necessarily all visual people. So, you know, when someone tells me, oh, I want it to be khaki, I'm like, or, you know, the color khaki, I'm like, well, khaki is a lot of different shades. So like, yeah. do you know, do, is it like an olive green or is it more of like a taupey green? So, you know, it's, it's really Again, trying to get um, trying to get into your customer's head and really understanding what they're looking for. Because to your point, you know, when someone says bananas in two ninety nine, like it's a very obvious image. Yeah. Um, because you're probably going to buy a banana image, or they're going to provide one to you, and then you're going to put the two ninety nine, and then you're done. <laughs> so it's very very different. Okay, and then uh, why is it that patterns and repeats are still a thing um, in? Uh, digitally printed interiors. I mean, it seems like with, you know, uh, digital printing, you don't need to use patterns anymore. You don't need to use limited colorways anymore. You can, you can have it all, but why, do, why do those remain? And, um, you know, it, um, well, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, I've always worked with a lot of uh, restrictions with, within design, whether it's, like you said, the repeat size or the colors. So when digital print came along, I was like, woohoo, <laughs> I don't have to worry about like 13 and a half inch repeat. And it's so funny because some of these repeats either had to do with like with rotogravure, like the size of the the drum or like, mm -hmm. for example, 13 and a half came from the, that was the standard pillow size. So that's where all the looms are set up to 13 and a half inch mm -hmm. repeats. So, um, yeah, so I think I think that um, it's funny because usually once the restrictions are lifted, like people go crazy, like they go to the extreme and then everyone kind of gets pulled back. Like, OK, now now we know we can do it, but let's kind of pull back to what makes sense. Um, so again, it's really kind of just understanding your market and what makes sense to them. For me as a designer, it's been really beneficial, but, but the restrictions aren't completely gone. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it also depends on the product offering. So for example, if I'm designing for ceiling tiles, which that itself has a square repeat, or if I'm designing for wall panels, which, you know, they'll tell me like, yeah, you can repeat it out, but you know, our panels are 48 inches wide. And then that has to repeat within the space. So even though the restrictions are limited are are removed from the actual printing process, um, and I would say that they're they're removed from the width, never from the length. So you mm -hmm. always have to worry about repeating top to bottom, unless it's a mural. Right. <laughs> but for the most part, from pattern, yeah. So um, and then the color thing too. Uh, like I said, I mean, you know, color's awesome, um, but sometimes it can be too much of a good thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think um, you know, early on when, um, when I saw 
uh, in the wide format segment, people starting to introduce this concept of doing interiors. Um, they wanted to show all the capabilities and they ended up making these sort of mock rooms that, um, you know, they were mock rooms, but they were never spaces that you would want to spend any time in. Yeah. Um, and that idea of, um, you have to sell the possibilities, but that idea of it yeah. being kind of pulled back to being, this is a space you need to live in or to work in or convalesce in if you're in a, in a hospital room. Um, it, it, it needs to be done with subtlety. And I, I think the interior space is probably the best example of that. Yeah. And, I, and to your point too, it's, it, I mean, I still like, I'll go to print shows and I'll see something like someone, you know, and I think they're still taking that concept of, uh, you know, the retail or the graphic printing and sort of, and again, like you said, like, oh, we want to showcase the colors, which I understand, but you know, people put themselves in those spaces. That's right. why when you look at furniture stores, I mean, you know, maybe they only sell sofas, but they're putting in a space with a table and a plant. So you can envision yourself in that space. So yeah, it's not, it's selling the printing process, but it's not selling the product. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's where a disconnect is. So sometimes I'm just like, oh, please just use one of my patterns. Like, just take it. Like, you're not like, I'll, I'll give it to you just to sell it. You know? so. <laughs> right. Um, Quick question. Um, I, I know we ran into each other at the recent Printing United Expo. Um, in terms of tech, new technologies or, or um, any, was there anything you saw that really kind of expanded your thinking in a way where you thought, wow, that is, that is amazing? Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I don't know if it was like completely new, like I may have seen it even the year before, but just seeing it again, like I get very excited about. So, you know, a lot of the print capabilities that uh, like there's one company I know that can print glitter, which I was mm -hmm. like, that's cool. Probably amazing for hospitality spaces. I think of like Las Vegas and all yeah. that. Um, there's also uh, printers that, you know, can, uh, I don't know how it's done exactly, but essentially like raise the surface of it um right. uh, of the printed product or layer ink so the ink is 3d i mean it's mind-boggling and phenomenal and of course my brain just goes in a million different directions of like oh my gosh look at all the stuff you can do and then i think even all the after services so um whether it's laser cutting or stamping or you know i mean there's just i mean there's just so much possibility and i think that's even where it can get overwhelming um again for an audience. So, uh, you know, if you're marketing to that audience, just be really specific about and make things that make sense to them. So if you have something that, you know, like I said, can, can print something raised, which I think, uh, again, okay. So it's so hard to get product to pass abrasion. So mm -hmm. things like embroidery, which is also expensive is out of the question. And I see a lot of these opportunities on apparel. So I'm like, hmm, can we take this, can we take this from apparel into upholstery? And then how cool would that be to have like, you know, something that looks like embroidery, feels like embroidery, but still passes all the abrasion and isn't super expensive like embroidery. So that's where I start making these connections mm -hmm. and, and really want to see things moving in that direction. Okay. And are there a few interior application areas that you're particularly particularly excited about? And what I mean is, uh, you know, things like we've talked about a lot about wall coverings, but floor tiles, ceiling tiles, uh, window treatments. Um, where do you think there's the best opportunity, the best bang for the buck right now? Um, I definitely see a lot with coated fabrics, um, digitally printed coated fabrics. So vinyls, polyurethanes, again, like I said, you know, they tend to be really flat. So if there's 
I don't know if it's 3D inks or even just even just offering that. There's not a lot out there. Um, and it's a it's a as far as upholstery goes, it's 60 percent of the upholstery um, of the market. So it's a, it's pr it's a pretty big chunk. Um, and of course, with COVID, people want more wipeable surfaces. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that there's a possibility for residential. Um, typically, a lot of residential tends to be printed on wovens if there's a print element involved. Um, but, you know, I think how cool would that be for like an accent faux leather chair that's printed? Um, so, again, I think there's a lot of potential there. I think there's a lot of potential for flooring. Um, so whether it's vinyl flooring or carpet, again, it's sort of taken hold in the residential with a lot of those like printable washable rugs. Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there's capabilities out there, but there's the ability within the, the large companies. So there's not smaller companies kind of doing it on demand. Um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, and when, like, there's a lot, of, I mean, there's just, there's so much like window films. And I think, you know, while I hear a lot of people wanting to get into wall covering, which is good. Again, I think it's like a very easy transition from paper to paper. Right. right. Um, so maybe the traditional wall covering, I don't want to say it's saturated because I still think that there's opportunity, but, you know, think of like, uh, you know, someone had mentioned they could do spot color or someone mentioned that they can then apply like a dry erase to it, mm -hmm. um, or like a whole wall could be, you know, dry erase or so again, it's sort of taking what you have, understanding the marketplace and then sort of finding your niche. Okay. I, I just wanted to share just an, uh, kind of a personal experience, um, related to interior stuff, but. Um, a couple of years ago, we were redoing a, a bathroom in our house and I went to buy ceramic tile and, you know, got a few boxes of it, brought it home and I'm, you know, kind of unpacking them, getting it out of the box. And I realized every tile had a different uh, print on it. It wasn't the, the sort of where every tile looks exactly the same and you end up with this sort of visual pattern. And as somebody who covers digital printing, I was like, oh my God, this is what we've been talking about these tiles were digitally printed and it looked like I had bought marble, right? Mm -hmm. Because it all looked different. It all looked random and installed. It looked beautiful because it had that randomness. Um, yeah. And I think the reason I say this is I think some of these changes are happening around us when we don't even realize it. And we yeah. get to a point where the novelty of digital printing goes away and it just becomes an interior treatment. Do you agree with that? Yes, yes absolutely. Um, and I think, again, I think that's what digital printing really offers is it can offer that randomness. And also, I think that probably the average person has no idea how much is digitally printed in their house. Mm -hmm. um, again, I mean, I think, I mean, I have digitally printed countertops in my kitchen and my bathrooms. Um, my tile probably is digitally printed. I probably have to get down on my nose to it, but it probably is. Right. So I think that, I mean, to me, that's what's, I mean, a lot of the wood grains on the ceramic tiles are digitally printed. So yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. And I, I kind of do like the fact that, that maybe nobody notices. I mean, we know it, but mm -hmm. that just shows how perfect it is, um, that people aren't paying attention to it. And, uh, and it's possibly even a little more sustainable in some cases that, you know, you're, you're maybe like in the fact that you're not using like real wood or real tile, um, mm -hmm. Well, you had also yeah. mentioned that sort of the, those inventory models of, you know, producing, a, you know, 10 million square feet of a product that doesn't sell. Um, yes. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the, the big, it's funny because I did have one customer want to reach out to me and said, well, I only want to buy designs from you that will sell. And I thought, well, if, I mean, if that were the case, we'd all 
be rich. Like, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there'd be no inventory anywhere. So, um, you know, which is sort of why I sort of built the business model the way I did uh, was to, you know, benefit the, the the printers of having all the information without having all the upfront costs. So, um, but um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think, I'm sorry for, I was going with this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's totally went on a, on a tangent. I apologize for that. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, we were talking about, um, oh gosh. No, I, I threw you off. Oh, you were talking about a, um, uh, a customer said, I only want to do use patterns that will sell. Yeah. And I, oh God, other than, other than the, uh, oh, we were talking about, oh, I'm so sorry. I totally okay. lost my train of thought. <laughs> That's okay. Why don't we just move to the next question? I'll, I'll, I'll cut this little part out here. Um, so I know you've had a chance to talk to, um, about, let me start again. I, I know you've had the chance to talk to some uh, digitally printing. Uh, oh my God. We're both, uh, I'm so sorry. I threw you off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Last try. Um, I know you've talked to some um, wide format producers in the past about interior design opportunities. Um, and among those you've talked to and had discussions with, do you think there's one misconception they have about the interior design space? And what do you say to them to try to help correct that misconception? Um, I think it's a common misconception for almost anyone starting a business or trying something different is sort of like, if you build it, they will come or, mm-hmm. you know, I'll just put this link on my website and people will start clicking on it again. I, I wish it were that easy. Um, so yeah, it's really, it sort of goes back to what I was saying earlier, just, you know, understanding the customer, understanding your market. I mean, you know, you don't need to put a ton of energy into it. I mean, you already have the product, but just making sure that you have the testing requirements and then making sure that, you know, your your marketing materials that you're sharing with them to pitch the product fit their needs. So what we're talking about, you know, it looks the patterns visual to the uh, visually appealing to them for their market, the colors visually appealing to them for their market. So, um, yeah, just I mean, re- you can't just dip your toe in the water like you at least have to be waist deep to, to have an impact. So, right. If not just using the diving board. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Or jump all in. That's okay too. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kristen, thanks so much for talking to me today. I, I really appreciate it. I, I value your insight about the interiors segment. And the, I think the opportunities for interiors plus digital printing are huge. And, and I think you're, you're helping people get their, get their heads around it. So I do appreciate it. Oh, great. And I love the opportunity to educate and chat. So I appreciate it as well. Thanks. Very good. Well, thank you. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. I want to give my thanks to Dan for hosting this episode and to Kristen for sharing her expertise. Finally, I want to thank all of you, our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Impressions Exchange podcast.